Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to GBC Online. My name is Adrian, I'm the lead pastor here, and it's my absolute joy and privilege to welcome you for our Good Friday Reflections, uh, a simple time together where we kind of continue our journey uh, to the cross as part of Holy Week. Uh, We are so thankful that you can join us today, and I just want to remind you and encourage you that if you're not yet connected with us and part of uh, the family, you can connect with us. You can email us at connect at gbchurch.org.uk, and you can be a part of our mailing list so you can find out about all the different services and activities that are happening with us as a church. And equally, you can follow us on all the different social media platforms. We are on uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, uh, YouTube, and Twitter as well. So do feel free to uh, jump on there, follow us, and connect in those ways. And we're also a church that loves to be praying for one another um, and loves to be encouraging one another to pray as well. So if you or someone you know is in need of prayer, do get in touch. Email us prayer at gbchurch.org.uk and we would love to be praying for you. But we are gathered here today um, to reflect, to spend time remembering and being convicted and challenged by God's Holy Spirit about all that happened on this day thousands of years ago. This day where Jesus endured so much for you, for me, for us. And we're going to start with some time of prayer. And then we're going to transition into our first song for the morning. So with that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that we can gather in this way. And Lord, while we long to be together in the flesh, we thank you for the the, the ways that we are enabled to connect. And Lord, we come this morning to gather to remember all that Jesus went through for us. I pray, Lord, that we would come into today with our eyes opened, our ears cleared. That we would not take for granted the things that we think we know, but we would let the impact of what Jesus did and what he's gone through, what he endured for us, I pray that we would let that impact us and define us. And so we give this morning over to you. Lead us, Lord, we pray. As we worship you through songs, as we look to scripture, as we spend time simply reflecting on you, would you, by your spirit, move in us, stretch us, encourage us, and challenge us? All of these things we pray in Jesus' precious and awesome name. Amen. Amen. I'm now going to invite Mike, who's with us here this morning, to lead us in our first song of the morning, to worship him. And we start giving all that we have for him, remembering what today is about.
the grave Your glory fills the highest place What can separate me now? What can separate us now? Nothing can separate us from your love Nothing can separate us from your love Nothing can separate us Thank you for your love for us. And we recognize that nothing can separate us from your love for us. In Jesus' precious and awesome name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Mike, for leading us in that way. So we come to Good Friday. But perhaps we need a bit of a reminder of the journey that we've been on so far. And so for that, we turn to this short little video, part one, put out by the Bible Society. You're the Christ. He asked us who he said he was. That's what I said. You're the Christ. You know he rode a donkey into Jerusalem, right? People laying down a procession of palm leaves for the one we'd all been waiting for. It was like one of those pinch me moments. Then Passover came. Me and the boys are tucking into the flatbread and Jesus just comes out with it. One of you dipping bread in the balsamic's gonna turn me in, he said. Then he takes the bread, tears and shares it. What are you waiting for? Tuck in, he said. This is my body, broken, beaten, bruised, for you. Then he gives thanks and passes round the red. Drink up, he said. This is my blood, poured out for plenty. A bit later, we're up the Mount of Olives with Jesus. You know, when push comes to shove, you're all gonna bail on me, he said. No chance, I said. The rest of them might. I'm not going anywhere, I said. Count on it, he said. Before the night's over, you'll swear blind you don't even know me, he said. On my life, I'll never deny you. I'll die for you, I said. It all happened so fast. One minute, we're with Jesus as he's praying up Gethsemane and we're sparked out unconscious. The next, they've got Jesus in handcuffs. And all they can remember is what he said, that we'll bail on him, that we'll deny him, that I'll deny him. I'm not having it, I thought. He's got it wrong, I thought, so I drew out my sword, I gripped my teeth and I let rip. I cut this guy's ear clean off. Come on, let's have it! Enough, Jesus said. As he just goes quietly and I just legged it. I tailed him till we ended up at the chief priest's place. Me, in the courtyard, outside by the fire, him, inside, Stand in trial, <laughs> trial. Witnesses fabricating fake news, trying to pin something on Jesus that would land a death penalty. You got nothing to say, they said. No defense, they said, goaded him. Give it to us straight. Are you the Christ, they said. I am, he said. Enough said, 
as the guards struck him, stripped him and span him. Bang! Go on! Prophesy you landed that right up, they said. Meantime, I'm warming my hands by the fire, trying to keep a low profile. Although there's only so much blending in you can do when you're watching your best mate and mentor get the living daylights kicked out of him. Hang about. I know you, the servant girl said. Must have one of those faces, I said. No, you're uh, one of this lot from Nazareth, she said. Don't know what you're talking about, love, I said. I made a beeline for the exit, but now she's got a captive audience, eh? Guess who he's friends with, she said. Think she's had a bit too much of the Merlot, I said, but they won't let it go. I could see them eyeballing me, working it out in their head. Come on, mate. If you're not from Galilee, I'll eat my own sandal on my mother's life. I've not even met the guy. The cockle crows a second time. And that's when I see him. Tossed around like a tear and share flatbread. Broken, beaten, bruised. Just like he said. And with a bottle's worth of red blood smeared across his face, he looks at me. He looks right at me, right into the depths of me. And all I can remember is what I said. I'll never deny you. I'll die for you. Three times you'll deny me, Pete, he said. And I just broke down and wept. <sighs> like Peter where we say Lord we we're for you I am for you I will die for you till the end of the earth I will go but when push comes to shove we bail on him I wonder I wonder if you can relate to Peter on this Good Friday. We remember every aspect of the day. We remember the pain, the frustration, the fear. And, and perhaps we have not experienced as dramatic a situation as Peter did that day. But perhaps in our everyday lives, we have moments where we can stand up for him, yet we deny him in our actions, in our lack of actions. We remember last night, on the night when he was betrayed, the, the commands, the mandates that he gives us, one of them being to love one another, perhaps in how we love one another, we deny who he is and what he's done. I want to just encourage you to take a moment to just reflect. Are you like Peter? What is God by his spirit saying to you right now in this moment as you watch this from the comfort of your home, from your kitchen, from your lounge, from, from your garden on a walk, as you listen on repeat later on, as you go through your day, what is God by his spirit saying to you? You know, on Palm Sunday, Jesus' entry into Jerusalem was, was like his inauguration as king. And he further stands by that. But for it, he is held captive. And he's tortured. And the torture continues. He's taken from his friends. He's taken from those who love him so dearly. And he's treated like a criminal. 
Now we read in scripture just how Jesus, before being crucified, was taken to the praetorium and surrounded by the company of soldiers, beaten, whipped, mocked, spit on. But we really, truly can't understand that pain. But we turn to scripture, Mark 15, looking at verses 1 through 20, and we can see and hear so much. And we're going to listen to this scripture being read to us, but also with a video put out by an organization called LUMO. Watch this. Very early in the morning, the chief priests with the elders, the teachers of the law and the whole Sanhedrin made their plans. So they bound Jesus, led him away and handed him over to Pilate. Are you the king of the Jews? asked Pilate. You have said so, Jesus replied. The chief priests accused him of many things. So again, Pilate asked him, aren't you going to answer? See how many things they are accusing you of? But Jesus still made no reply, and Pilate was amazed. Now, it was the custom at the festival to release a prisoner whom the people requested. A man called Barabbas was in prison with the insurrectionists who had committed murder in the uprising. The crowd came up and asked Pilate to do for them what he usually did. Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? asked Pilate, knowing it was out of self-interest that the chief priests had handed Jesus over to him. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd to have Pilate release Barabbas instead. What shall I do then with the one you call the king of the Jews? Pilate asked them. Crucify him, they shouted. Why? What crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder. Crucify him! Wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. He had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. The soldiers led Jesus away into the palace, that is, the praetorium, and called together the whole company of soldiers. They put a purple robe on him, then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on him. And they began to call out to him, Hail, King of the Jews! Again and again, they struck him on the head with a staff and spit on him. Falling on their knees, they paid homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him. Bringing those words to life. And that clip doesn't even do justice to what Jesus actually went through. Every beating, every lashing, every insult for our freedom. For you, for me. So we're going to take a minute to just let that reality sink in, to reflect and perhaps even thank Jesus for what he endured for us.
much he went through. So much he suffered. I wonder if we often forget the weight of what he went through. The pain that he went through. I don't know if you're anything like me, but I stub my toe and I'm out of commission for a bit. I don't do well with pain. And he took all of it. Not deserving any of it. That you and I could have freedom and forgiveness and life eternal. That prophecies would be fulfilled. That all who love Jesus would be welcomed into the kingdom, would be welcomed into God's presence. That nothing could separate us. Good Friday is an amazing reminder. But I want to encourage us to not just remember today, but to take what we remember, to take what God is doing and saying in us right now, to take that every day, that we would live every day worthy of what He's done for us. Worthy of the life that we're allowed to live in Him. We turn back to the Bible, back to Scripture, to Mark 15, verses 21 through 41. Again, in video form. All thanks to Lumo. And I want to encourage you to, to watch and take in, recognizing that some of the images may seem brutal, but yet they are nothing compared to truly what Jesus went through. Let's watch and listen now. Then they led him out to crucify him. A certain man from Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on his way in from the country, and they forced him to carry the cross. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. Then they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. and they crucified him. Dividing up his clothes, they cast lots to see what each would get. It was nine in the morning when they crucified him. The written notice of the charge against him read, the King of the Jews. They crucified two rebels with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, So, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, come down from the cross and save yourself. In the same way the chief priests and the teachers of the law mocked him among themselves. He saved others, they said but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, this King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. 
those crucified with him also heaped insults on him. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, Lema Sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard this, they said, Listen, he's calling Elijah. Someone ran, filled a sponge with wine vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion, who stood there in front of Jesus, saw how he died, he said, Surely this man was the Son of God. Some women were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the Younger and of Joseph, and Salome. In Galilee, these women had followed him and cared for his needs. Many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem were also there. What a way to pay our price. What a way to carve out the path for us. What a way. We're going to take a moment now to praise Him. Because while we are in the midst of Good Friday, we have our 21st century viewpoint and we can recognize the fact that it is sad and it is dark and it is difficult but but we know there is more yet to come so perhaps take this moment to praise him in the midst of the darkness to praise him in the midst of the difficulty and thank him as we do
the Son of Heaven rose again. Oh, trample death, where is your sting? The angels wrath for Christ the King. Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh, praise His name forevermore. For endless days we will sing your praise. Oh Lord, oh Lord our God He shall return in robes of white The blazing sun shall pierce the night and I will rise among the saints My gaze transfixed on Jesus' face Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God Oh, praise His name sing your praise oh Lord oh Lord our God yes praise the name of the Lord our God oh praise his name forevermore for endless days we will sing your praise oh Lord Because we can see, right? We can see what He's done for us. And so we praise Him for that. But the truth of the matter is we can praise Him, but we also need to really, truly reflect and know the weight of all He's done. And Jesus, while he's on the cross, while he's hanging, before he breathes his last breath, he quotes Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It was a psalm that was prophetic about Jesus before he ever even walked the earth. And so we're going to watch this video. of Psalm 22, and I want to encourage you to reflect and let the words wash over you. Let the, the images of Christ, let the reality of what He's done for you hit the way only God by His Spirit can truly hit us. My God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? So far from my cries of anguish. 
My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. In you our ancestors put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man. Scorned by everyone, despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him. Since he delights in him. brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you, even at my mother's breast. From birth I was cast on you. From my mother's womb you have been my God. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near, and there is no one to help. Surround me. Strong bulls of Bashan encircle me. Roaring lions that tear their prey open their mouths wide against me. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax. It has melted within me. is dried up like a pot shirt, and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Dogs surround me. A pack of villains encircles me. They pierce my hands and my feet. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. But you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouths of the lions. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We turn now to another reading. Matthew 27, starting at verse 57. As evening approached, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, 
who had himself become a disciple of Jesus. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body and Pilate ordered that it be given to him. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and placed it in his own new tomb that he had cut out of the rock. He rolled a big stone in front of the entrance to the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting there opposite the tomb. The next day, the one after preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, they said, remember that while he was still alive, that deceiver said, after three days I will rise again. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he has been raised from the dead. This last deception will be worse than the first, they said. Take a guard, Pilate answered. Go make the tomb as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting a guard. And and that is where Good Friday ends the torture and degradation of Jesus. His disciples, more broken than they were yesterday, knowing that he was arrested, today they are distraught. Broken, lost, confused, mourning. I wonder... What significance remembering today has on you? I wonder if you could place yourself in the feet of those around Jesus, in the shoes, in the sandals of those around Jesus. What would you be going through? What what would you be thinking? What would you be feeling as you've just experienced your friend, your teacher, your mentor, a person that you considered your brother tortured and killed publicly? What would you think if you were there?
What a beautiful rendition of that song by friends of ours, Mike, who led us earlier, and our friend Nick, together, two lads and a laptop. So today, we remember potentially one of the saddest days of history. Our Lord and Savior crucified, tortured. Again, imagine what those disciples will have felt. But that draws us to a close. I want to thank you for joining us today, and I want to invite you to come join us on Sunday 10 o'clock for our hymnal praise as we sing traditional hymns to celebrate the resurrection. 10.45 for our family service as we gather together and we celebrate, we worship, and we unpack scripture. Both services open to the general public in our building following COVID guidelines, of course. But for now, we don't jump to the celebration. We stand in what is Good Friday. And you might be asking yourself, what's so good about Good Friday? Adrian, we've talked about torture and death. What is so good? So I leave you with this video to aid us as we continue on our Easter journey. Until next time, stay blessed. Good Friday, how can one describe such a day? The wrongdoing of all humanity, putting to an end an innocent man, the Son of God. This is the story of Jesus' death by way of a cross, all in one moment bringing death to the bright light of our future. He never stopped loving us, and yet this is the incredible part of it. Our sin stopped his heart. Our sin drove the nails firmly in the hands of God. All along, these were the plans. We told ourselves that we were in control, and this was deemed sufficient for all of us. The brutal beating, the inhuman flogging, the naked humiliation. Heaven watched and saw it all. Our rebellion, our guilt, our shame, erasing the very notion of reconciling us with God. Our sin and our debt, overcoming Jesus. Here is our King, obliterated. The enemy laughing, his plans unstoppable. There's no longer the sound of freedom rising. Now God's people are utterly broken. Behold the chains of mortality. Yes, this is what is true. We had heard the stories of old. The lost are found, the blind can see, the weak are made strong. But now we are witnesses to this reality. God is dead. We'd almost believed there is a way of redemption. There is a life of fulfillment. There is a peace beyond understanding. Now we know better. For us, we can say that God is encapsulated in this one realization. The single greatest sacrifice in human history is finished. How clearly we can see it. So what's so good about Good Friday? just one thing, that the blood of Jesus can reverse the curse of sin and raise the dead to life. How clearly we can see it is finished. The single greatest sacrifice in human history encapsulated in this one realization. We can say that God is for us. Now we know better. There is a peace beyond understanding. There is a life of fulfillment. There is a way of redemption. We had almost believed God is dead, but now we are witnesses to this reality. The weak are made strong. The blind can see. The lost are found. We had heard the stories of old. Yes, this is what is true. 
the chains of mortality utterly broken. Behold, freedom rising. Now God's people are unstoppable. There's no longer the sound of the enemy laughing. His plans obliterated. Here is our King, Jesus, overcoming our sin and our debt, reconciling us with God, erasing the very notion of our rebellion, our guilt, our shame. Heaven watched and saw it all, the naked humiliation, the inhuman flogging, the brutal beating, and this was deemed sufficient for all of us. We told ourselves that we were in control. All along, these were the plans firmly in the hands of God. Our sin drove the nails. Our sin stopped his heart. And yet, this is the incredible part of it. He never stopped loving us. The bright light of our future all in one moment, bringing death to death by way of a cross. This is the story of Jesus, the Son of God, an innocent man putting to an end the wrongdoing of all humanity. How can one describe such a day? Good Friday. <laughs>